1: Welcome to the Tiger Woods Podcast, episode 47 right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We are your Tiger Woods experts, and Tiger is back this week at the Memorial Tournament as predicted by both of us, Cam Rogers with you alongside Bridget Whalen. Follow us on social media, I'm on Twitter, at Rogers 99 and on Instagram, at Mr. Rogers 98 Follow Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. And if you want to leave a review on this show, that would be just grand, five stars preferable. Here's what's on tap today. No fans the rest of the PGA Tour season. Shocker alert. We'll break that down a little bit. Really briefly mentioned Colin Morikawa, victorious at the Workday Charity Open. It is relevant because, of course, that course last week, Muirfield is the host this week for the memorial. So we'll talk about that briefly. And then, of course, Tiger Woods and the grand preview. Bridget and I will reveal our predictions for this week. Let's start with the least surprising news of the week. Bridget Whalen, the PGA Tour officially announcing there will be no fans for the rest of the year. This includes the FedEx Cup playoffs. No pro-am events either. So I guess right off the top, Bridget, our prediction pretty darn good, huh?
0: Womp womp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think um logistically it wasn't going to work out. And I think the PG tour was cautiously optimistic. Um, I, I think that this was probably where they were trending for quite a long time, but you know, you wanna keep people's hopes up for as long as you can until you have to drop that hammer. Um, but you know, I, we both predicted this. I wasn't surprised. I was glad that they announced it, you know, this week, obviously because fans were proposed to be at the Memorial. So I'm glad that it happened, um, this early on to just sort of like put the kibosh on that. Like, let's move on. A fanless tournament isn't all bad. You know, we've now witnessed several and it's totally fine. Everything will be fine. 2020 will come to an end and fans will return. Well, maybe even they might return in 2020 because it's just for this season. So whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, obviously you have the U.S. Open headed by the USGA. You have the Masters headed by, obviously, Augusta National. They can make their own decisions, right. if you will. Do you highly think unlikely. See them? What? Do you think we see them? Any fans anywhere in 2020?
0: No. Sorry to talk over you. No, I think it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... I mean, I I know the Augusta roars and like, I I totally get it. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but logistically just, you know, you you really have to um, you have to weigh the the benefits and the costs of allowing fans into the mix, allowing them into this uh, quote unquote bubble or, you know, calculated equation that Jay Monahan um, had out to do. And now, Majors will be following in suit. They're not going to totally deviate from what Jay has done. He obviously um, – you know, I mean, he – he, like, honestly, the guy has done amazing things. This is incredible what the PGA Tour is doing. So the majors, of course, are going to follow in guidelines with what has been done, and the tour, you know, is not going to be allowing fans. So I do not see any majors allowing fans. I just – I just don't I really don't think that it would even be like worthy of the time to consider it and I'm right. I'm really not trying to like downplay like fandom and like and what they bring to the mix like that's not it at all it's just is such an unprecedented situation that I don't even know that it would be worthy of the time to like put in all that logistical analysis and like really you would have to be so hyper focused on like how you were gonna go about that. That like, I don't know, that seems like a a tad bit of wasted energy where it could be, um, you know,
1: purpose some elsewhere somewhere else. It's not worth the headache at the end of the day. It's just not. And I have this in my notes here, Bridget, how much money are you even making? For example, at this week's tournament, the memorial, with 8,000 fans showing up with the potential for spreading the coronavirus. Like, how much money are you really making? You know what I mean? So, like you said, the cost benefit. At the end of the day, what is the return on the investment? All that brain power, all those logistics for 8,000 fans at a tournament and you're not making that much money and, oh, yeah, there's a pandemic happening and, oh, yeah, there could be the PR backlash from maybe doctors and officials out there saying, don't do this. I mean, the answer is obvious, so I think this is obviously not surprising. We'll see what happens about the masters. I am pretty uh, shall we say not confident that uh, the masters will have fans, but you know that's in November, maybe things change. maybe we have a vaccine by then again, I'm just saying all of this is up in the air, but I am fine with this. We've talked about right. this many times. I am Don't so lie. fine with this, and it's such an intriguing time to be a television watcher of golf bridget we're learning so much about these players we're hearing a lot more we're getting the authentic selves if you will of all of these guys out there and guess what we're gonna get tiger woods and we're gonna get a lot of dialogue from him on the golf course this week too
0: yeah and for that matter like if you think about it okay so this whole, I'm going to call it like experiment per se, hasn't gone off without a hitch today in Jay Monahan's press conference. He noted the number 21 people between players and caddies have tested positive for coronavirus between the corn Ferry tour and the PGA tour. So, you know, they have dealt with um, disruptions and, and issues that have popped up while trying to keep these tournaments alive and well and going. And, And obviously that was the plan. The plan was to consistently bring back tournaments and to move forward from event to event to event as best that they can. And they've done, as I said prior, an outstanding job. My thing is, is now that we are this heavy into the return, why would a major want to bring an elusive sort of, it, it would literally be like, an extraneous factor to bring into the mix that hasn't been perfect thus far. Now, if you were going to say that zero players and caddies had tested positive, which obviously is, that would be like insane if anyone, you know, anticipated zero positive tests. And I I don't know, you live in La La Land or you're just not aware of what's currently going on in the world. Um, So the fact that obviously people were going to test positive and that they were handle, they were able to handle it in the way that they did. I just don't see majors wanting to bring that sort of elusive element into the mix. Like there's no reason your major is a one time, a one-off event each year. You know, it's not like the the PJ tour has multiple events where they could sort of perfect the process sort of thing. Um, I just don't see like why, like, I don't know. I just don't see the point of it. And again, I'm like treading lightly because I know that fans are such an integral part of, of sporting events. And believe me, like I as well, I'm a fan. Like I love to attend golf tournaments. It's probably my favorite pastime. I just don't think right now that that has to be the focus. I think that getting the masters off in November is going to be a feat like regardless. So Yeah, I'll miss the roars. That probably is the tournament that I think I will miss the fans the most, especially, you know, I mean, imagine if Tiger won back to back. And it's dead silent. (laughs) Right. So, okay. So, like, yeah, that would kind of stink. But, like, this is a weird year. And we kind of just have to identify that and sort of, like, you got to sort of like move on. Like things cannot be the same right now. They just can't. But like, let's try to have some semblance of normalcy and let's get the majors in. And like, that's what we should be focused on.
1: And the focus will be on that throughout the sem- throughout the summer. Absolutely. I think it's going to be interesting as we go forward, especially with the majors to see just how little people can actually be there because Bridget, it's funny. You mentioned this last week. I'm still seeing like a good amount of people around these greens. It's like, who are you people? No, we talked
0: about this. Like I sort of get anxiety when I see an influx of non-golfer, non-players or or caddies on the course. I'm like, what, have they been tested?
1: Go home.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do not get within six feet of one of those players, please.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's quickly talk about Colin Morikawa beating out Justin Thomas for the Workday Charity Open. So he kind of has that advantage, if you will, here at Muirfield Village this week. Sorry about JT, Bridget. I do just want to point out how Colin Morikawa celebrated the win. Not with family, not with friends. Grilled a couple steaks at his hotel with some random people and then went to bed. So that is the most- I saw that in your notes. Who
0: were the random people? I had no idea who you were alluding to.
1: Just strangers, random people. Oh,
0: okay. That tested negative for coronavirus that he was allowed to be in close proximity to?
1: Evidently. I'm sure he kept away, you know, six feet. But he didn't have family or friends there, I guess, to celebrate with or something like that. And that's how he celebrated. I think it's a really pandemic way to (laughs) celebrate, not with a big crowd, random people. Couple steaks, and that's it, I guess. A carnivorous celebration. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we are upset
0: about the Justin Thomas loss. Congrats, Colin Morakawa, but big JT fans over here. And with he was three up with three to go.
1: Yeah, he kind of coughed that one away, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but Just he slightly. said it himself. He was pissed off about it. And like, I fully understand. I mean, that 50 foot putt that he drained <laughs> was like, That was enough electricity for the whole tournament. I might, moving forward, forget that Colin won, but I will not forget that 50-footer. I will not.
1: That was just clutch. And Morikawa answering as well. And only hearing them yell was actually kind of interesting too.
0: That was insane to hear Justin yell that loudly. I actually didn't even know he got that loud, but obviously you never know because the roar from the crowd always covers, you know, up the player. It's, it's way more, the magnitude of the roar from numerous people obviously could drown out one person. But I was like, wow, dude gets loud. Like that's, I love to see a passionate player like that. Like we all know I love JT. I love him a little bit more now.
1: All right. So Murakawa has some big time momentum coming into the Memorial tournament. We're going to talk more about that, but first, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system, a home security system, that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system SimpliSafe has spent a decade fighting against. SimpliSafe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplisafe.com team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Money-back guarantee, folks. That's simplisafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. All right, well, the players should be fearful of Tiger Woods this week, the five-time champion at the Memorial Tournament. By the way, it's the first time since 1957 that the tour will play at the same venue in consecutive weeks. Bridget, obviously, there is a lot to break down about Tiger Woods. What has he been doing during quarantine? What does he think about Bryson DeChambeau? He has some thoughts there. And I'll just roll through some of the highlights from his press conference. He actually considered returning to the tour prior to this week, but wanted to play it safe. I thought that was pretty interesting. He was physically stiff in L.A. at the Genesis invitational. He's feeling a lot better now. Rest is always key with him, in my opinion. Some things he did in quarantine. Played tennis with Charlie. He read and watched TV. One of his favorite authors is Dean Kuntz, who writes thrillers and horror books. Never heard of him, but interesting. And he is ultra impressed by Bryson, particularly because he's hitting it straight with such great distance. And that's a good point, because <laughs> the farther you hit it, the more likely it's going to go offline. So Tiger Woods weighing in on Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, and by the way, he has been playing medalist Golf Club a lot, as expected. So Bridget, any takeaways from Tiger's first big time press conference in a while?
0: You could thank Dylan DeCher of Golf.com for that uh mystery thriller, or whatever novelist who that's I that's where also- I found it. Yeah never heard of him either but like interesting to know that that's that's the type of you know fiction that tiger's into i mean that was intriguing uh i don't know i i thought him saying that he had considered or you know pondered coming back prior to memorial i i don't believe it really i think no i don't believe that i think he wanted to see how um how the return got off i think he was very in tune with what the tour was doing at the previous events uh prior to the memorial. I don't think that he foresaw coming back to, to any event because I'm going to question you this, which event would he have come back to?
1: Right. That's what I was thinking in my head. Right. Like, yeah. I don't like know.
0: He, he followed his yacht, but that was because it was <laughs> his daughter's 13th celebration birthday celebration so I just like had a list there um so I feel like that week was the week that I had put on the map and you as well and that week was off the table so I'm coming from more of like an investigative standpoint and I went the other route and I was like hmm interesting so if he was going to return which event would it have been he wasn't going to return to the very first event at Colonial. No way was he going to go out there without seeing, you know, how things went along. Right. He was in no way going to play the workday before the Memorial. No way. Cause he'd be tired. He was, I never foresaw him playing Travelers at all. I didn't think he wanted to go into the vicinity of the New York region at all. That was my standpoint on Travelers. I mean, honestly, that's fine that he said that maybe he did ponder it like prior, prior to the return. But I think one, once things were underway, he had the memorial checked off and that was it. That That's honestly what I think. Um, other than that, I thought he... He like, he looked great. I think some people said like, he looked like he had a, a bad night out or something. I was like, man, he looks great to me. I don't bad know. Bad
1: night out, really? Tiger Woods yeah, in a pandemic? Yeah, he looks
0: a little tired or something. I was like, <laughs> man, he looks awesome. <laughs> like, I don't know. So I definitely wasn't in accordance with that standpoint. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was kind of like a normal Tiger press conference. I didn't really get any juicy tidbits from the whole thing. I like that he plays tennis. Yeah, I don't know. Not not much uh, to go on there.
1: So he's playing with McIlroy and Kepka for the first two rounds. Selfishly, I kind of wanted him to play with Phil Mickelson to kind of pick up where the match 2.0 left off. You know what I mean? But, hey, I don't make the pairings. So, 117. Yeah, they kind of
0: balked on the pairings, in my opinion. They had a lot of missed opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, first round tomorrow for Woods, 117 Eastern Time. Tea time, so let's talk about course history. The guy knows the course like the back of his hand. Some recent form, 2019, he finished ninth; 2018, 23rd, 2015, 71st. Those are the last three appearances at the Memorial. Bridget, I always get asked this question during my radio calls and all of that. Is the layoff a concern for Tiger Woods? Because he always has a couple actually layoffs throughout the PGA tour season. At this point, Bridget, I'm like, no, it doesn't affect him at all. The guy's a 15 time major champion. I think he knows what he's doing and he knows how to simulate a PGA tour event. I always lean on rest for this guy, in my opinion.
0: Oh, same. And here specifically, all that learned experience, all that memory Like, I don't know. This is like, this is his wheelhouse. And I agree. He did bring that up in his press conference that, and we mentioned this, you know, months ago, he is the only player on tour that is accustomed to these long layoffs. Now, This obviously was a pause for everyone, and it wasn't a choice of his. The prior layoffs that he has had in his competitive game have been his choice, obviously. But have they really been his choice? Because you don't get to choose sort of like how your body is performing. So I feel like this headspace of this time off is very familiar to Tiger. And I don't think it – like obviously, again – I sort of didn't take into consideration the rest that players were going to have. And you warned me about that. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, you know, I don't know. They they were rusty. A lot of them were rusty. Dustin Just, Johnson was rusty. John Rahm was rusty. Kepka st-
1: is a little bit.
0: Kepka is still rusty. Yeah, so we saw that. Tiger, I think that his game is just different after pauses. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be rusty. And again, he really hasn't played competitive golf. Yeah, the match, I, I guess, is some semblance of competitiveness. But playing at medalist a bunch with your son is like, you know, that's just having fun. That The vibe is totally different. So yeah, you could be getting a lot of practice in. But for me, I think mentally, he will not be rusty from this layoff. So. I think Tiger is always a lock at Mirfield. I don't know. I think he's going to play well. I know that there's some conflicting opinions on, you know, whether, it, like I heard on morning Drive. Uh, I think Robert Dameron said he could either win or come in last, like somewhere in between. I thought that was funny because that is very true because that's kind of like what we're going with here. He could for sure win and he could for sure come in last. Um, so I don't know. I tend to lean that he will for sure make the cut. And I tend to lean sort of like a top 20, a top 10 from Tiger this week.
1: Yeah, I think something along the lines of top 15 makes sense. I could see something random like T11. You know what I mean? Like Like
0: 17.
1: 17. (laughs) Never really sniffs that first page, but he's there comfortably inside that top 20, something like that. But at the end of the day, I could also see him win. People are asking me, can he win this week? And my answer is 100% yes, because – Usually when I get that sort of question after a layoff, it's because Tiger has been hurt. And so I'm less confident about his ability to win in that given week. This is not from injury. Well, it kind of is. He was a little stiff, Bridget, right? I mean, in in February. In February, yeah. Yeah, we saw him at the match 2.0. We know he's good. This is different. He's back from a rest period, if you will. And he can totally win this week.
0: I agree. Andy got to spend so much time with his children. He's probably just like mentally sort of complacent, in my opinion. And I think for Tiger, if I learned anything from Earl, his father is that Tiger's mental aptitude is really kind of his secret weapon. And when that sort of is, you know, off kilter a little bit, he, he could get derailed. I think he is in a really good mental headspace.
1: So Tiger Woods playing with Kepka and Rory McIlroy for the first two rounds. Speaking of struggling or rust a little bit, Rory McIlroy has not done a lot, Bridget.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a good, as you said his name, I was like, Rory McIlroy.
1: Yeah, it's like, nobody's talking about this guy. He's still like a favorite this week, but it's all Bryson. It's all Webb Simpson. It's all Tiger, obviously, but nobody's talking about McIlroy, which is kind of odd.
0: So Webb Simpson has a chance to move to world number one this week. And, like, honestly, that would be insane. First of all, he's never been number one in the world. But Webb is such a consistent guy in the mix right now. And I often think that he has been overlooked a lot. And like, maybe that's just because he's he kind of has a vanilla personality, but like, go web, like, you could become number one in the world this week. Like, that's awesome. You're being talked about more than Rory. Like, that's a win for the guy. I like it a lot.
1: I think people forget the guy won a US Open out west at Olympic back in 2000. 2000- 12 so
0: players yeah I mean players yeah yeah he he definitely is someone that I think kind of falls by the wayside he's also in that like weird age category where like his fans aren't like rabid fans like you know for a younger guy or like a guy that sort of stands out from the crowd and like he he doesn't need that ponton circumstance or whatever. Pop, what's that term? I'm like having pomp
1: with a P, I believe.
0: Yeah, pomp. I'm having trouble with words today. Not good for a podcast. Um, but yeah, he doesn't need all of that because he has a really solid game. And the thing that I think puts Webb over the top that is often not talked about enough is that player caddy relationship. Mm. Him and Paul Tesori are thick as thieves. They're like brothers and they are so clear on communication. We totally do not give caddies, they are totally due for way more credit than they get, in my opinion. And I think the two of them have lightning in a bottle and they've had it for a long, long time. So I don't know, Webb's not my pick this week, but now I feel like he should be.
1: (laughs) It certainly sounds like you're leaning that way. Man. I don't know, I think that, I'm going to fade Webb Simpson for you fantasy golfers out there. I'm not going to play him in DraftKings or anything like that. But, I mean, he could be in the mix. Statistically, he is beautiful up and down the card, if you will, of off the tee, approach game, short game, and putting. So we'll see. He's a balanced player. But one guy I really like this week, Bridget is Victor Hovland, and obviously I picked him a week ago to win the Workday Charity Open. He finished in third, and if we are keeping score, which we are, I have now (laughs) surpassed Bridget in money earned by our picks, so I am... At a shade over $550,000, Bridget is a shade under $440,000. Now, things are going to change rapidly as I assume we're gonna pick correctly at some point, and then the prize money goes through the roof. So, Bridget, you had Xander T14 last week. Like I said, not bad.
0: I got a lot of flack for that pick, and I would just like to say a T14 finish is really good. So, solid, yeah. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, you never go with Xander. Why would you go with Xander? And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that this was the overwhelming consensus. I would just like to say, I'm trying to choose people who aren't typically brought up in like yeah. all the betting combos, except for this week. I'm being such
1: a You're going out. chalky, aren't you? Oh
0: man. Like I told you prior to taping, I do not want to choose this guy. I am reluctantly choosing this guy, but I am choosing this guy. And, (laughs) and his name is Bryson DeChambeau. What the hell? Are you serious? I know. I know. What? I'm doing that is so not the type of guy I would pick. Like, I pride myself on not picking. Well, actually, he is not the favorite right now, but he will be, in my opinion, like very. But I think on Thursday, he will be the favorite.
1: Wow, wow. So, okay, okay, Bryson.
0: So, here's my standpoint we're the Tiger Woods pod,
1: yeah. And I'm
0: going off of what Tiger said. He said that what Bryson has done is not an easy task for Tiger to say that took me aback. Anyone else on the planet could say that, but Tiger literally pointed out that he has figured out a way to increase distance, maximize his efficiency, and not only with the driver, but all of his clubs. Now, I don't know if that's totally true. I'm not sure if he's been watching these past few weeks, but I'm going to listen to Tiger because (laughs) I don't know. know. I think that he is omnipresent and he knows everything. Bryson has gotten faster, stronger, bigger, and he's created more speed. More importantly, he's hitting it further. I don't know. I literally just repeated that verbatim. So if I got Tiger's quotes wrong, I'm sorry. I should have written it down.
1: He's impressed. Let's put it that way.
0: He's impressed. The fact that he figured out how to do all of this and he's been able to rein in the foul balls, like you said, it's literally it, – it, both things are equally impressive. His gains off the tee distance-wise are insane.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. You're I not, feel
0: like what?
1: You're not worried like, about, uh, shall we say, you know, regression to the mean. He's coming off a win. Maybe he just finishes, I don't know, T18, takes a week off in a way, mentally speaking. You're not worried about that?
0: No. So, see, I think Bryson – and I say this with – this is a term of endearment when I'm referring to Bryson. He is a freak. I think that Tiger in the mix this week is going to make him literally hit bombs. Like, just want to sort of, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like such a sellout. I feel so lame. I don't even know what I'm doing. I should have gone with Sergio Garcia. So if Sergio Garcia wins, like, I deserve it.
1: Sergio would be a reach, but we won't go Yeah, but into that's that can my love.
0: I go for reaches. I'm, I'm not going to pick the Bryson DeChambeau's. Well, who am I picking this week?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a good point. And Tiger Woods played a practice round with Bryson today. And from what I understand, Tiger was like peppering Bryson with questions about how'd you do this? How'd you do that? So well, That's we know weird. Tiger's a STEM-oriented guy. Like, he's really interested in the science behind golf. So... This does not surprise me that Tiger kind of has this big endorsement behind Bryson DeChambeau, and it looks like, Bridget, you are running with it big time.
0: Well, I guess. I think that Tiger has always been a fan of Bryson's. Like, forever, they have been close, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It is that science connectivity that Tiger's brain sort of works in that capacity that Bryson's does. Maybe not to the extent, but I think that Tiger can appreciate from another player putting that much effort in as opposed to like the Kevin Kisner's on tour tiger sort of falls into the same alignment as Bryson does when relating to the game. I'm not saying that like Kevin doesn't like fully, you know, commit himself to golf. Not at all. Obviously he 100% is in. I just think coming from like the mental, like brain space, like the headspace that they get in. I think that Bryson and Tiger sort of assimilate. And like you said, it's very from that, you know, it it comes from that stem sort of like foundation of the way that you could improve your game is through X, Y, and Z. And I do think that they both align with that. So
1: very right brained, right? Is that the phrase left brained is like the art?
0: I guess I have no idea, and I was a double major in psychology. With one <laughs> I think today I've tripped up on so many of my words. I feel like Dustin Johnson before the Masters. I just like tripped. I don't know. Like, oh, that's I've,
1: a sore subject for old DJ. Sore no, subject. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's just it, whenever I think of tripped up, I think of that. So that's just, funny. <laughs> you're like weird. I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm literally like, what? <laughs> but sure don't we all yeah absolutely DJ, i have
0: socks on right now too so so unless you're really golf nerd you're not gonna get any of these (laughs) i know
1: all right so you're going bryson fair fine yeah i have been teetering back and forth between a couple of options i mentioned the name victor hovland folks who i picked last week the reasoning his t2 green game is so good and now the last three weeks, he has led the field in T2 green. And in golf, your iron game, your driving, your driving game are more repeatable than, say, your putter. Your putter is probably your most volatile club in your bag. And so if I see a player who gains 10 strokes putting and loses like two on his approach game in a given week, I think, okay, His putter is going to come back to earth next week. With Victor Hovland and his approach game, this is something for the long haul. And I really don't want to pick somebody in back-to-back weeks. I almost feel like that's cheating in a way, but Bridget has given me permission to do so. I am going to have to go with Victor Hovland. But let me tell you, John Rahm, what he did, Bridget, on Sunday at the workday Gaining over six strokes t to, to green, I think, is something that we should all kind of focus on this week because here comes Rom. Maybe this is the week for him.
0: Maybe Rom's tired, though, because he played that, that thing today.
1: Oh, yeah, the charity event. That came out of nowhere, by the yeah. way.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what they're going to be doing now instead of Wednesday Pro-Ams.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah. Ian Poulter holds out. I saw that. It was pretty exciting.
1: Was it on Golf Channel?
0: It was on Golf Channel.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah, I got that. I saw a couple of
0: fist bumps from Mr. Nicholas. He didn't shake anyone's hand. Everyone stand down.
1: So you saw the news on Sunday. Jack. I saw the news. Yep. Shaking hands with the winner. Your thoughts?
0: It's fine. It's his tournament. He can do what he wants to. If they don't want to shake his hand, they don't have to. No one will force them.
1: It's one person. I'm going to assume. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah, you can assume he doesn't have COVID, yes. I no, agree. yeah, you can assume that <laughs> but both like, of them
1: are going to, like, sanitize their hands and, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and furthermore, isn't everyone getting tested?
1: Yeah, that too. We're all in the bubble, right?
0: So, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, I understand you should continue to... Now, I am not saying to get lax. All players in caddies should continue social distance because at any point in time, they could come in contact with the coronavirus. Do not get me wrong. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying on Sunday, you know, dawn, not dawn, dusk, my gosh, I cannot talk today. I don't think that him shaking someone's hand, unless they like then lick their hand and he happened to have sneezed in his hand and he is positive coronavirus. I don't think that, uh, it's not a big deal. Like they could shake each other's hands and then go Purell. It's fine.
1: Okay, so- Jack Nicholson
0: isn't gonna be around that much longer. Let him shake people's hands.
1: So I thought of something else and I'm going to go dad Cam a little bit here. Phil Mickelson, 50 year old Cam Rogers. I was watching a little bit of the uh, century classic that celebrity tournament last Okay and Patrick Mahomes was doing an interview he was playing with Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey walks over to Mahomes and gives him a wet willy and I'm just like why are we exchanging saliva right now kids you know it's like I wasn't a fan of that I don't really care at the end of the day it's like whatever but like that kind of made me cringe
0: well, it's alarming to see that type of behavior. It's so strange. The other day I was in the supermarket with my girlfriend and we heard, we overheard, I guess we were eavesdropping, a woman on her phone say, well, that's great. I'll see you guys on Friday. And we both looked at each other and we were like, who's she going to see on Friday? People can't going? see each other. <laughs> and then we both were like, Oh my god that's so crazy that hearing from someone say i'll see you guys on friday makes us like uncomfortable we are like wow <laughs> this is unprecedented times yeah i didn't catch much of that tournament but um you know those are all uh that's an interesting bunch in the field i'm not so sure they're the <laughs> best at rule following <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly
0: no i'm not trying to diss anyone in saying that i'm just saying you know A lot of the people in that field probably think that they could sort of skirt the rules. And I think you get this sort of, you get a sense of comfortability if everyone around you is being tested, right? And I think that the PGA Tour dealt with that the first couple weeks where people were like, hey, we're all being tested. We're all in this bubble. What's the big deal? Why can't we sort of associate with each other? Lo and behold, no, you cannot because this virus is invisible. You could pick it up at any time. You never know. People could be presenting. You, you know, they could be asymptomatic. It has so many factors that I think now the players on tour are definitely taking it more seriously. That one-off event in Lake Tahoe, you know, they're out there for one weekend. It's kind of like Colonial. It's the first week. So It's party
1: central out there, too
0: absolutely yeah oh yeah for sure oh that's such a beautiful area I want to go
1: there so badly
0: oh man Uh, me too I said that to my parents I was like I have you guys been to Lake Tahoe and they both said no and I was like wow we should go um so I'm glad that that event I love seeing it on the tv I'm glad that it you know it it got to um it, it went off but uh I think that that type of behavior is is definitely uncomfortable. So, 50 year old cam dad is okay. I, I agree with 50 year old cam dad on that.
1: <laughs> and I'm a uh, live and let live kind of guy. So, for me to actually like feel jarred by that kind of surprised me. But I'm just like, look, guys, what are we doing here? Like, we're setting an example. So will to-
0: you feel jarred by Jack if you shake, some- if someone receives the shake? Because I do have to say, today, John Rom and Barbara did do a little handshake. Did they now? They did.
1: Mmm. Scandalous.
0: They did touch skin to skin on their hands.
1: Well, I'm not gonna be surprised because we now know that Jack is going to shake the winner's hand. Will I care? No. <laughs> you know. Right,
0: yeah. And like honestly, maybe he won't. Like, you, you know, some of these guys are really they're really strict now. So like. Maybe the winner won't accept the handshake. Maybe he'll do a fist bump. Who knows? I mean, actually, I, you shouldn't do that, winner. If you're listening, don't just shake his hand. He's Mr. Nicholas. He's the best golfer in the world. Sorry, Tiger. He's Victor so Hovland,
1: rough. Bridget's talking to you right now, future winner of this event. <laughs>
0: I was so nervous <laughs> that Victor was going to win last week. Oh and now I have God. to be nervous again that Victor is going to win. I was like, wow, I really like Victor Hovland. But now I'm getting not to like him because I'm going to be so anxious if Cam wins one point something million. This-
1: <laughs> and then I'm way ahead of you.
0: Man. But now I'm going to be rooting for Bryson, which is equally weird. I, I actually, I'm not ai I don't not like him. I don't like him. He's not like my favorite. I'm kind of indifferent. Like, I respect his process, but i mean, be rooting for him this week.
1: Final point here. Should at some point Bryson and Brooks be in a grouping? What, like, why have we not do that, done that yet? Come on.
0: Sure, they're adults. Like, you know, we did the whole Brooks and Rory thing. Is Brooks just a little instigator? I don't know. I think he is.
1: He's a pot stirrer. Yeah
0: for sure um we you know we we had that uh fictitious quote-unquote rivalry sort of mapped out and it wasn't I mean I think this week you should have paired them together just I don't know optically it would have been fun and maybe you know those first two rounds the guys are a little more lax and maybe Brooks could have razzed him face to face and it would have been okay. Like then you knock out all the animosity because he's saying it to your face and he's doing it jokingly. I don't yeah, think with a laugh Brooks, smile. Yeah. Yeah. The axe that Brooks has to grind with Brandel Chambly is nowhere near the <laughs> axe has to grind with Bryson Duchambeau. Like I think that to to think that Brooks has like it out for Bryson or whatever that that elusive tweet was that Bryson has roid Rage. I think it's all just like kind of fun and Brooks Kepka guy is the life I don't think he has to be jealous of anyone like literally his whole life is really really
1: nice he's straight chilling there's no doubt about it yeah, I'm and about
0: his girlfriend, the whole thing the whole package is great he has a lot you, of trophies
1: <laughs> if you don't take away anything else from this pod take away the fact that Brandel Chambly needs to come out of retirement and play on the PGA <laughs> tour again and then group like, himself with
0: Brooks. that would be amazing. Thing. that he should do that right for like one event he could just do it
1: play in the pool open so or something cool. like a smaller Absolutely. field event. yeah
0: I love that idea we we are seeing the you know PGA Tour champions players come into the mix on the PGA Tour they should get Brandel out at something I think that he has a lot to offer and the analyst sort of like Ether and I think that he sort of gets, I don't know, raked over the coals for a lot of things that he says. But like that's his job. His job comes from that educational standpoint, and he's gonna like give you the facts and and straight shoot with you. And I do think a lot of people pick on him that they're like, well, you know, what have what have you done in your career? And it's like, what has he done? He got on the PGA Tour. If you knew how difficult that was, then you you literally would have no argument. So I like it. I'm a big Brandel fan. I think he should come out for something.
1: He's amazing. And let me just say that like, he's not even a screamer. Like people try to compare him to other talking heads. No, like he's very slick. He's very smooth. He delivers well in a concise way and i can really digest everything he says and i believe everything he says because i know he studies the game and all of that so anyway not to go on a brandle tangent but i'm a big (laughs) fan and i know you are
0: i'm a huge fan i'm like i could talk about brandle all day he's so intriguing to me he's he's someone that obviously i've worked with and that i respect to the highest amount He also is one of the kindest humans. Like I'm not talking about him as like a golf analyst. I'm just saying like, as a person, he literally is the sweetest man with the nicest Southern accent. Like the people who have like vitriol for the guy, I'm like, man, you are so displaced with that. And like, I understand, like maybe it's coming from whatever POV you have, but the guy as a person, which is like kind of how we should, sort of grade everyone because right. like self analyzing is his job that's not who he is as a person the guy is second to none he's like one of the nicest people i've ever met in my life and i've never seen him get angry and i've seen a lot of other people in his uh position i guess you would say you know get well, a little yeah. <laughs>
1: a whole lot of uh, egos in our world, Bridget, of course, the media space He does not have
0: one. And that and I feel like people would think like, you know, they sort of portray him as having the biggest ego. Absolutely not the guy everything that he says is backed up with so much research. And and he bases everything that he says in a lot of knowledge, the guy is like an encyclopedia. So to say that he has a big ego is like not at all. He backs up everything with with time and purpose. And, and like you said, I could digest everything he says. I could listen to him all day long, literally all day long.
1: All right. So we uh, got our Brandel Shambly segment out of the way for the week. Tiger Woods. (laughs) I know, people can listen. I know, seriously. And I sure hope that Tiger Woods performs well this week, Bridget. I think he has a real shot at winning on Sunday afternoon. And, uh, We'll have a full-on recap next week right here on the podcast. And I think that's going to do it. Bridget, any closing thoughts?
0: I was going to go with Tiger this week, and I didn't.
1: Mm, I was close, too, kind of. And I thought we were both
0: going to go with him, and I was like, that would be kind of cute. And now we both didn't. So you know what? Yeah, whatever.
1: And watch him show us both up. So I
0: know. That's what I mean. I'm like, yeah, well, he'll show us. I mean (laughs) – how many times do you think people have said, Tiger, will show you.
1: <laughs> oh God, I can't no. imagine.
0: If we had a penny for every
1: time literally. All right, folks, this has been the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. A friendly reminder, by the way, check out all the other shows on the Believe Network at Believe.com. A lot of good stuff coming our way on the network, especially as football season gets started. So for Bridget Whalen, I am Cam Rogers. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Good luck, Grayson. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term
1: commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know
0: when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.